0: Okay, well, we're in the book of Isaiah, chapter 48. Uh, I think we're only going to cover the verses uh, 9 to 11. It's uh, quite a book. <coughs> so, have we opened up the prayer already? No. <laughs> no. Nope. All right, Brother Doug. You don't mind opening yourself with the word prayer, and yeah, then we'll. We thank you, Lord, for, for this wonderful. Amen. amen. Okay. Well, there's only uh, three verses, so let's go ahead and read all three of those together. Uh, Isaiah 48, uh, verses 9, 10, and 11, starting with verse 9. For my name's sake will I defer my name. and for my praise will I refrain from Thee, that I cut Thee not off. Behold... But not Not with silver, silver. I I have chosen chosen thee in the the furnace of the the flesh, for For my my own sake, even for my own sake, sake, will I I do it. For how how should my name name be polluted, polluted? and I I will not not give my my glory glory unto another. Amen and amen. Um, As we uh, get into the chapter here. Uh, one of the things that the Lord impressed upon me is that when we study the Word of God, as you've heard from the pulpit here, the three rules for studying is context, context, and context. And keep it in context. Amen. All right. Um, here's how I look at it through context. There are three things I look for when I study the Word of God. Um, the first context I look for is the time frame, what we call historical. Where at is this happening? Because here at BBF Ohio, and as we know through studying the Word of God, the Word of God is dispensational. There's different dispensations. So whatever part of the scriptures you're going to teach, you know you need to know where the time frame is. Because if you pick the time, the wrong time frame. Uh, the doctrine is going to go haywire. Right. All right? So, first thing you have to take note is historical. Where, where in the time frame is this working at? Because the historical, the time frame, then determines what the doctrine is. That's the second context. Now you're going into the context of the doctrine. What is the doctrine for that time frame? What is the teaching? And then there's a, a third context. Which we call inspirational. Alright? Uh, inspirational is okay as long as you keep it in the historical and in the doctrine of that time frame. Alright? We can tell you right now as far as inspiration, okay? It was wrong in the Old Testament to commit murder. Okay? It was wrong to commit murder during the time of Christ. It is wrong to commit murder in this time frame. And that is something that transcends all of it. All right? Same thing with stealing. (laughs) Same thing with telling lies. Those things are inspirational, but it transcends, and it it does not hurt your historical, and it does not hurt your doctrine. So keep that in mind. Historical has to be first. So when we're taking a look at verses 9, 10, and 11, we have to look at it from a historical viewpoint about when this is happening. And uh, we already know from studying the Word of God that these verses were already penned up to 150 years before it even happens. Okay? So that's one of the historical context. It's a prophecy. But uh, uh, one of the things we do want to learn in here, everything you study in the Word of God, everything surrounds the Word of God. Every single thing. God is concerned about his book. He's concerned about what he said. And uh, uh, this this may sound strange to you, but God lives by faith. He gives the book, and he lives by his own book. He lives by it. So therefore, when <clears throat> you and I see a promise that he makes to us, we can actually put our finger on it and say, you know, according to your book here, This is the promise you gave to us. And the Lord says in Isaiah 45, 11, and it's one of my favorite verses out of Isaiah, the Lord says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. In other words, find out what my hands do, and you can command me, because that's what I like to do. I do things with my hands. One of the scripture verses were, not going to get but it's further down in the chapter here I think of uh, Isaiah 48 there's a mention of God's right hand and I think it's fascinating that uh, during the time of the Antichrist where does he place his (laughs) mark on the right hand there's a fascinating study in that Um, so at this point when we take a look at Isaiah 48, verses 9, 10, and 11. Um, There's an outline I gave to you a couple of weeks ago. And so it's important to place this within the context of the whole chapter. Um, Verses 1 through 8. For the outline that I have here was, These sins need repentance for mercy. The children of Israel at the time of verses 9, 10, 11, they've been in captivity for 70 years. God pronounced judgment on them. He's now getting ready, based on his word, to take them from Babylon and bring them back to the Jerusalem. Yes? Jason had a question Yes. That verse that you're looking for for the right hand, it's in verse 13. 13? Yes. So, but we won't get to it, but I just thought I'd throw that nugget out for you. Fascinating. What God does with his right hand, and Satan claims that right hand during the tribulation period. Fascinating. Um, So, uh, in... uh, Isaiah 48, in verses 1 and 2, what well, is, this, yes, Johnny?
1: This is a, another verse that I picked up in the past, on um, God wanting us to use his word. See, um, I think this is, let's see, this is in, um, I think it, this might be in Isaiah as well, but he, this is, um. Let's see, which, what is it? Forty-three twenty-six. I think? Okay. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified.
0: Yes. And uh, don't forget me. <laughs> in
1: other words, I'm pretty sure it's the same idea that God is saying, remind me of what I told you. In other words, it's a way of showing faith. You know, exactly what you just said, I believe. Yes. What verses is that? I think it's Isaiah 43, 26. Let me take a look. It's one problem with using this yeah. app here but, my
0: Kindle. Yeah, but th- that's a, uh, a great point to make because um, it is. as we're going through our study in Micah, I think it might be chapter it's 4 when we get there. 26. Hopefully the rapture comes first, but if we get to chapter 4, I think there's five times where God brought judgment. And the people, not one time in that five judgment called upon God. Not one time. They totally forgot His book. They weren't leaning on Him for strength. They weren't leaning on Him for hope. Um, any disaster that hits your life, first thing, prayer. Amen. Uh, yeah. Then another
2: layer of that is how many times people do pray. They don't pray to the Lord. They don't pray in Jesus' name. They pray to some architect in the sky, some divine
0: whatever, but they don't they don't get in their hearts even they're not really calling on him. Yeah. Well I hate to talk, but I like that guy in Matthew eighteen that prayed to himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mary, you had your hand up?
1: I don't know where it is, but also about the right hand, I really like um, where it says, "Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand."
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Amen. I think it's
1: an idea somewhere.
0: Yeah, those are those are great verses. I, I mark in my own Bible when I come across something now, and I used to never mark it before. I sort of idolized it. Sorry, <laughs> but once I started marking the Bible. <laughs> It looks like a battlefield. <laughs> it, is, it is marked up left and right. Um, uh, whether it's the notes I get here, whether it, the notes I get on my own, uh, whether it's from another sermon I'm hearing and reading. Um, and I will tell you, uh, uh, there's a, a website called Spurgeon.com. And uh, if you really want a sermon that will really bless you tremendously, it's Colossians 2.6. Just type in, you know, it's virgin.com, Colossians 2.6. Um, I did an outline on that sermon way back during the first couple years I was saved. And uh, and the, uh, the the verse I've got memorized, uh, as you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. It is a... Dynamite, dynamite uh, a sermon. The dy- dynamite study of God's word, of us walking with Him. Uh, it didn't really dawn on me until uh, I think last Sunday when I was I was coming in. I was listening to the radio, and the first time the word "walk" appears is God. <laughs> He's walking in the garden. Amen. And He cannot find Adam and Eve. Fascinating. And so that fits in with Colossians 2 6. He's looking for us, and when he finds us, he wants us to walk with him. Walk with him. And uh that should be the, the greatest joy that we have in our life is walking with the Lord. Um yes, Doug? He 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 knew where they were, and he, he just wanted them to reveal themselves. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You already knew that. Yeah. But that's a, it's a haunting verse when it goes, where art thou? Yes. And there are probably times in our life where we need to ask ourselves, where are we? Where are we with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Are, are we hiding? You know, what's really going on? or Are we giving up? Because the word looks darker than ever right now. Um, I have to give you this quickie, um, yesterday we went to, uh, um, Jennifer found this art place in downtown on 6th Street in Columbus, uh, Block Park.
1: Lockport.
0: Blockport.
1: Blockport.
0: Block Oh, Block okay. Well, uh, uh, tonight's the last night for it, but they, uh, They did an 18-hole golf course, and they did their own artwork. And
2: uh,
0: (laughs) it was very ingenious. Parts of it was very frustrating. Um, Just so you know, I I came in last place. (laughs) My score was 65. (laughs) So, uh, of course, Jennifer won with the 52, Johnny had a 53, Jill had a 63. Should like putt-putt golf? Yeah, yeah, putt-putt golf, yeah. And it wasn't even, they even had their own sticks, their own golf balls, the whole works. It was really insane. But uh, I, I would like to share this with you. Um, I got a chance to be a missionary. And it was, sort. It was for me, it was fun. Um, the Ohio track is still a great track to pass out. I It opens up conversations left and right. And if people, mouth drop open. I didn't know that, you know. But uh, I met a guy from Argentina. Wow. Guy from Argentina, so I was uh, international. And he was with the guy who was from England. So that's the opposite side of the world. And the guy from England, so I got a chance to chat with him because I, I spent three weeks in England. And uh, I told him I even went by Winnie the Pooh's house, A.A. A. Mills.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And this guy says, you know, that was my hometown. Mm -hmm. So I was building a little rapport as I was heading out the tracks with them. And then I met another guy who had been in the, uh, I think, Air Force, maybe, or whatever. But he had a Florida shirt on. So I said, are you from Florida? And of course, he said, yeah. He said, I've been in Ohio for, you know, as far as for uh, for most of his life. But he got a track. So we headed to Florida, (laughs) England, and... uh, in Argentina all in one night. And so I don't look at me as being the loser, okay? Uh, But wherever you go, guys, be a missionary first and have some fun. Have some fun. And uh, ask the Lord to go with you, And Because right there is what this is all about. When we go verses 9, 9, 10, 11, the children of Israel, where they're in captivity, and our, our job as Christians is to find people in captivity and pull them out, gospel of Christ. Amen. And uh, the more you study the word of God, the more he'll give you ammunition, the more he'll give you faith uh, to have that courage to approach the people and share with them. Um, there was a guy there and, uh, and Pastor Miller was really correct on this This one guy. He had these funny looking earrings hanging down. And yeah, a-
2: and right across a- the shirt,
0: the word queer. <laughs> Just advertise it. Now, I did was not close enough to give him a track. He needed one. Okay? okay. Yeah. But I try to be very careful on who I that group I passed out to you because they've chopped my head off about three, four times. And I don't need to be I don't need to stir him up that much. The how track probably wouldn't be good for. Him. Did I pray for him? Yes I did. And there were other le- ladies there, young, tattoos all over themselves. And with the earrings. A few of those got tracks too. So um, it's a crazy world we're living in and we need not to be judgmental half as much as merciful to these people because the same way God has forgiven us our sins is the same way we're to forgive the sins of other people and that's the entrance of uh, leading them to Christ for salvation. Um, Isaiah 48 there are four sins we listed that the people still had in their lives that God was getting in and trying to repent of. In verses 1 and 2, it was hypocrisy. In verses 3 and 4, they were obstinate. In verse 5, they were covetousness, which, uh, in the, you know, in Colossians 3 or 5 it says it's idolatry. And then verses 6 and 8, deception. The heart is. According to Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? You know, and that includes our heart when we live in the flesh. Those are the the four major sins listed in the chapter. So now we come to verse 9. And in verse 9, he goes, For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. See the heart of God here, guys? Look here, it's the end of 70 years. He made a promise to him at the end of 70 years, he would come by and bring him back to, to Mount Zion, to bring him back to Jerusalem. And and in his heart, he really doesn't want to do that. It says right here, he wants to cut them off. But he's got to defer his anger. The word defer means to hold back. You know, there, there are times where we need to hold back our anger. And not let the full force of it come out. Because a lot of times when that full force of the ankle comes out, the separation just gets big and there's no reconciliation whatsoever. Um, and then it says, for my uh, praise will I refrain. That that means, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back. That I cut thee not off. Um. The word sake here, for my name's sake. Um, you'll crack up. I, uh, I went to uh, Google to see what the word sake means. I already know that meant, uh, the, the word I use is purpose. For my name's purpose. All right? Uh, but it came out sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rice wine from Japan. So, uh. I had to redetermine what I was putting in there, okay? There's at least five things that the word sake means. Um, I'll just go through it real quick for you because he says, for my name's sake. The word sake means final cause, the final cause. Um, And one of the things I put in here is Psalm 132 11. Where the Lord says, Of the fruit, of the fruit of thy body, will I sit upon the throne. Look here. If he cuts off Israel at this point, he's not going to be able to sit on the throne. The body that Christ was going to come from was there in Babylon. (laughs) He can't cut them off. Why? Because that would stop the final cause. God can't do that. Okay, it also means end, for the end, and then of course we have Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the book of Revelation hasn't even played out yet, he can't cut them off, if he cuts them off there's no book of Revelation going, all the prophecies are gone, he's got to live by his word. Um, And, of course, for people, if you want to go with the beginning and ending. In John 1, 4, In him was life, and life was the light of men. What's the beginning of life? It's in the Lord. He's the one that gives you the physical life, and then when you get saved, you have the spiritual life. Right? So there's not a single person on the planet that did not get their life from the Lord. And then there's the ending. Revelation 20 verse 15 every person that's ever been created every person that's ever been made will be there and whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire and that's the ending and uh, the more I study that the more I don't want to be there Uh, and that's a study in itself Mm -hmm. um The word sake again means purpose. And uh, we don't have time, but uh, write down Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verses
1: 3
0: to 14. Thank you. You'll see the word purpose show up in verse 9 and 11. And then, as we see in uh, Isaiah 48 9, he talks about praise. So we see the word praise show up in verse 6, 12, and 14. So if you study Isaiah 48 9 and compare it with Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, you will have a very very rich Bible study in God's Word. Yes, Jessica. What well, did you say in the second? You said, I don't know, what was the word? And then you said 6, 12,
1: and something uh, like praise.
0: Oh yeah, the word praise,
1: praise. is
0: found three times. Mm-hmm. 6, 12, and 14. Thank you. The word sake also means purpose of obtaining. And uh, in Acts 15... 13 to 18, which Pastor Miller will hopefully get to in the uh, study of Acts. We haven't got that far, right? What did you say? In Acts 15? Yeah. Verses 13 to 18, we'll find in there that God is going to the Gentiles, like in the church. He's obtaining the purpose for his glory, for his honor. And then, also, the other purpose of our painting is found in Revelation 11 15, where the kingdoms of this world now become His kingdoms. And that's where the Hallelujah course comes in. And He shall reign forever and ever. That is going to be fantastic. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. And then, last of all, the word sake also means to give an account. To give an account. He says, for my name's account. The account of my name. And so, uh, the word account means to give reasons. To answer for a responsible character. What is the character of God? He's got to give an account for it. If he says, I am this, then that's what he's got to be. He can't be anything else other than that. Alright? Um... And the same thing is, happens with us Sunday, I think you uh, speak about it in Romans uh, 14, 9 through 12. We're going to have to give accountability. And what's our accountability? Uh, we need to answer for our responsible character, love, joy, peace. What did we do with the love, joy, peace that the Holy Spirit involved in us? What did we do with it? On. <laughs> um, Worshiping the Lord what did we do with it to love the lost what did we use love joy, and peace for and helping out our brothers and sisters in the Lord what's our accountability and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to hang our heads up and say Lord, you know I tried and uh, that's about all we can do. And again it says for my name's sake, uh, you guys are already familiar with Acts 4:12, There's no other name, no other name given under heaven, whereby we must be saved. Uh, You guys are also familiar with uh, Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. And at the knee, every knee shall bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee. And of course, that goes right back to the great white throne judgment. At that point, and that's what every name will be bowing right then and there. Um, um, I I looked this up. There's a a book I could recommend to you. It's called The Names of God by Leanne Rubsam. All the verses in it are authorized King James. And she has at least 650 Names of God listed. So when he says, for my name's sake, his name there's at least 650 different ways God's name is described in the Authorized King James Bible.
2: Wow.
0: That is an extremely rich study. Uh, I only give you just uh, just a couple. In Genesis 17, the entire chapter, uh, God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm the almighty God. Walked out before me. The almighty, all-powerful. Um. When he shows up to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, the whole chapter there, what name does he go by? I am that I am. Great, great. Um, And one of the studies I did there, from the time that he starts on uh, Mount Sinai, till the time he brings the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, 18 times he uses the word I am, 18 times. That, again, that's another great study for you. To share with you guys. Um, And then I have to share this one with you. Um, And I think I've shared it before. Uh, As far as in my past, there's been a controversy. Either what's more important. The name of God. Or the word of God. And guys, be very careful when you run into these traps. Alright. Because that's that's it right down the middle. Right there. Uh, when I was probably 7 or 8, I was living in Hawaii, and this one friend of mine was learning about the Civil War. I was pretty dumb. I didn't even know there was a Civil War, okay? I had no clue. And he says, if you tell me what state you was born in, I can tell you if you was a, a Yankee or a rebel. I said, okay. I was born in England. He goes, I don't know what state that is. <laughs> Okay, so I was neither. All right, I was neither. But uh, you get caught up in these controversies. So I had two different pastors from two different churches tell me the name of Jesus is more important than the Word of God. And I can tell you right now, both churches are apostates. If you go there, you're going to say, Oh, isn't this is a wonderful church? They have no clue what book is the Word of God have no clue any book is the Word of God except the king's James. that's not the Word of God in those two churches sorry but that's the way it is so the controversy is we know in Psalm 138 verse 2 God says I've magnified my word above all my name all right so that's the settlement force except if you do a little more meditating, if we go to John chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 14, we find out that the name of God is also Word. <laughs> word. In the beginning was the Word, and it's capitalized. And the Word was made flesh. So there should be no controversy whatsoever. The name of the Word are identical according to the Word of God. So, in verse nine after, 70 years, the Lord has come by, and he's going to go ahead and honor his word. He's going to honor his plan, and he's going to go ahead and pull them out. Okay? For my name's sake, for my purpose, for what I've told you in the book, I'm going to stay faithful and uh, to my word, and I'm going to pull you back out, and we're going to try all, all over again, back to Jerusalem. All right. Um, that promise to bring it back was in Jeremiah 29, verses uh, 10 to 13. Let's go ahead and go to that one. If we could have a uh, volunteer to read that one. Jeremiah 29, verses 10 to 13. I will. All right, let me get to the mic. 29 verses 10 to 13.
1: For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall seek uh, search search for me with all your heart.
0: Yep. Thank you. Yep. That's it. Isn't that amazing? He promised him at the end of 70 years. That's his promise that he made to him. He could not renege on that promise. Um, You'll notice here in verse uh, 11, uh, that verse has been converted in Christianity for about the last five to ten years. (laughs) Um, But uh, to give you an expected end, see the word end yeah. that's the same word we use for the word's sake for my name's sake what is the expected end for Israel and that is the millennial reign of Christ in Jerusalem yeah. that's the expected end that has not occurred yet that's the end talked about here and I'll I give you another clue what the Lord was trying to do um, by putting him into captivity for those 70 years what he was hoping to do was to, uh, the immorality was so great in Israel. He was trying to get it back to one man, one woman. The parents were supposed to help the kids find a suitable person and rebuild from there. It was a rebuilding program. And one of the ways that I, I know this is because when God wanted to do something with the pilgrims, what did he do? <coughs> he brought them here, one man, one woman, and we have been blessed up until this generation. You think about, I think there's four of those
2: um, he uses pruning, and he uses the refining, I think in the next verse. Yes. And there's four times where it wasn't he didn't destroy the whole nation, but it came real close. (laughs) Well, in some ways, like when they came out of Egypt, All those that wouldn't go in the land and rebelled, killed them all off before he went into the promised land with a totally new crop. Yes. And then he did the same thing with the captivities of Assyria, where they almost wiped Israel out, I mean, for uh, all purposes they did, and then Judah Was taken into captivity, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and as you said, only a remnant came back. Correct. And it's a whole new crop. Did the same thing then in seventy A.D. after they crucified Christ. Out and took whole two thousand years later, nineteen forty-eight between nineteen or eighteen eighty and nineteen forty-eight. Brought a whole new crop in. Yep.
0: They're as godless as ever now. Oh yeah. And so they're going to go through it one more time. Revelation twelve. Oh, yeah. Well, Zechariah, if I was a Jew, I'd be scared of Zechariah's prophecies. Because yeah. what you're saying is, is, is in the notes, so I don't have to talk about it. Well, Thank I, you. No I, problem. I, but, guys, listen here. <laughs> Coming up, now, there's only 16 million Jews, listed. that, that I could, uh, 8.6 million is in Israel right now. <clears throat> no way, uh, 6.8. 6. 8. The other 6 million are here. And then scattered a few countries, but it's not in the millions. It's only in the thousands. So the bulk of them are in Israel at 6.8, but we're the second highest Jews right here. And Zechariah says right now, you know, if the uh, raptures occur, two out of three are going to be purged. Two out of three. Over a seven-year period. Now how much blood is going to be shed, guys? I don't want to be around for those headlines, but that is what's coming down the pike here. That is what's coming down. So, uh, oh yeah, then uh, another thing. uh, Because of God's name, he won't cut them off. Uh, In Numbers 14, 11 to 24, God is talking to Moses. He says, tell you what, why don't you let me just wipe them all out? That was another time frame. So that's in the notes. Let me just wipe them all out, and we'll just start with Moses and start a whole new trial. <laughs> okay? And Moses said, wait a minute. Your name's going to be polluted. Everyone's going to know that you had the power to bring them out, but you didn't have the power to bring them in. And look at the testimony that was in Canaan. When they came into Canaan, they were terrified of the Jews. Terrified. Guys, Christianity, if the Christians in America went to get right with the Lord, the left would be terrified. Who would terrify him? Not us. It would be the Lord. The Lord would terrify him. I always like that story of Gideon. He just got 300 guys. 300! He's chasing 135,000. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrified. Guys, that's a great story. Tremendous story. Um... And, of course, the other thing in there, um, he says he's holding back his anger. Well, for it is because of his, uh, he says, for his praise. And for my praise. And in Psalm 22, 3, it says God inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. He lives there. And compare that with uh, Isaiah 57, 15. The Lord inhabits eternity, but he dwells with the lowly. I just I love that verse right there. Verse 10. Behold, I refined thee, but not with silver. Okay, the silver here could have at least two meanings, and if you can find more, that's fine. But he said, I'm not going to refine you with money. Money corrupts the heart. And also the silver was used what? To be put on the idols. I'm not going to be fighting with the idols. They can't do that. I have chosen thee in the furnace of reflection. All right? Israel starts off with a furnace of reflection. They're at Egypt. They've been afflicted for how many years? And God is refining them at that point. Bringing the point where they'll call upon his name so the promise could be fulfilled, so they could be taken to the promised land. When they go through the 40 years, God again is refining them to get them to know his word and to get to know his heart. The refining part, the hard troubles that you and I go through is the same identical thing as to make us strong in the Lord and to make us uh, trust in him with everything. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Psalm uh, 34, verses 15 to 20, but it says, uh, Many of the reflections of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Now why the reflection left behind. Every reflection God uses to bring us to a closer uh, image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then we have um, verse 11 For my own sake, well, again, in which we've we'll discussed that, we for my own sake, will I do it? For else should my name be polluted? Again, that's a reference back to the idols. These guys were all worshiping the idols who couldn't do anything. And God says, I gave you my word. I'm going to be pure to my word. I'm going to deliver you. Johnny.
1: This is a fun little observation I just made. So isn't it? Isn't there a part in the, for the Old Testament law, where God says that, you know, if Israel obeys him, then one person will be able to make a thousand flee? Yeah. So I just realized that, Whole thing with Gideon there wasn't that big a deal, no, because oh. there was only 450 per person.
2: <laughs> yeah, could have been typical in <laughs> Israel's history, but they kept falling away. Yeah. In
1: other words, yeah, they. In other words, it was each. If each man killed 450 people, that covers the whole 135,000.
0: So technically, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If David. King David was a, a football coach he'd been undefeated he never would he never had a loss not one okay well, we're going to end up with the last part of verse 11 here <clears throat> and I will not give my glory unto another let's take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 31 and that's where we'll close first. 1 Corinthians chapter, 1. chapter one. 21, you say? One. 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26, oh, 26 to the end of the chapter. Starting with verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, Not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's the key. No flesh of glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, that's us, who of God is made unto us, who of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. 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 And if you notice in verse 26 here, see the word called. Again, we we discussed that in Isaiah chapter 48, the first couple of verses. They were called. They were called. Guys, we're right there in Isaiah 48, first couple of verses. Here we are in this time frame. We're called that no flesh should glory in his presence. And that's how we end verse 11. We, we can come in. Uh, in chapter 48 at verse 1, and we can leave at verse 11. No flesh should glory in His presence. It's all about Him. It's all about His Word. And uh, let's have some fun with God's Word. He obeys His book. His and that's all He asks us to do is trust Him. Amen. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, close with the uh, word prayer. And Johnny, you don't mind closing this out, buddy? <laughs> yes. Dear Lord, just um,
1: we thank you for your word and that you, you continue to protect us here in America in spite of all the bad things happening. So we pray, Lord, you uh, bless the upcoming message and the, our time of fellowship so we can be encouraged to continue to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Right on Liners, go get your tea.